Guten Erev, Erev, Shabbos Kodesh, Yom Chamishi, Shabbos Pashas Bay, Abba Aleinu Leteva. I'm sorry, my voice is a little bit off, Baruch Hashem. There's a phenomenon called antibiotics and medications, and Akadosh Baruch Hu allows us to easily be healed, however long it takes. Baruch Hashem, Revei Chalbasa. We're learning this week, Lurifuash Lema, of course. Firstly, the Adoni of Imari, Zaman Zevin Rachel, the Karov, Racham Katun Nasleo, Tsimei Ben Fega, Tina Yosef Yehudim Ben Hadassah Peril, and Rev Moshe Shlema Ben Yosef Eliezer, Lurifu Shlema Bekarov. This week, Mr. Shem, now we're going to be learning from the Mashkiach, Remechel Murmelm's Sefer, Remechel Shabuzin by Atzkrol, and the beautiful mimer he gives Rebbechel on Pasha Shemais. And here in the Oscar it's titled Caring for one, One's Fellow Jew. Okay, let's look. Let's see what the Mashkiach says. The Pasik says, Dr. Mashkiach, Moshe was shepherding the sheep of Yisrael. And he arrived at the mountain of God at Haralikim by Chayrev. And a Malach of Hashem appeared to Moshe in a blaze of fire. As I said, the Pasik. In reference to this, Archachamim said, HaKadosh Baruch Hu assessed two of the greatest individuals who ever lived, Moshe Rabbeinu and David HaMelech, through their flock. HaKadosh Baruch Hu assessed David through his flock and found him to be a good shepherd. As the Pasuk says, he chose David, his servant, and took him from the sheepfolds, the Pasuk in Tehillim, Perek Ayin Ches, Pasuk Ayin, David would keep back the larger animals, and take out the smaller ones to pasture first, so that they would eat the tenderest, the softest blades of grass. Then David would take out the middle-sized animals, so that they would eat the stiffer blades of grass, and finally, David would let out the largest animals so they would eat the hardest blades of grass. HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, Let he who knows how to guide his flock in accordance with the relative strengths of each of its members come and guide my flock. So too HaKadosh Baruch Hu assessed Meshach Rabbeinu through Yisrael's flock. It once happened that a lamb ran away from Meshach Rabbeinu and Meshach chased it. The lamb reached a pool of water and stopped to drink. So Moshe Rabbeinu said to the lamb, I didn't know that you ran away because you were thirsty. You must be very tired. Moshe then picked up the lamb and carried it back to the flock on his shoulders. As Moshe walked, the Kaddish Baruch Hu said, You showed mercy towards the flock of a human being. On your life, you shall guide my flock, Israel, Israel. At first glance, it might seem strange that Hashem evaluated leadership capabilities of David and Moshe on the basis of such a mundane criteria as the manner in which they cared for their sheep. However, as we all know from experience, it is often the little insignificant actions that reveal a person's true character. The fact that David and Moshe showed so much concern for the welfare of their flock was a sign that they possessed the ability to sincerely care for their fellow Jews. This aspect of Moshe's character 
was revealed when he resolutely refused to act as Hashem's spokesman before Pari. Moshe was concerned that accepting this honor would be an affront to Aaron, his older brother, who was at the time prophesying in, in Mitzrayim and serving there as the leader of the Jewish people. Moshe Rabbeinu could not fathom doing anything that would hurt someone else's feelings, especially his own brother, even though Hashem himself was urging him to do so. Instead, Moshe said, Please, my Lord, send through whoever you want to send. That is, Moshe beseeched Hashem to appoint Aaron as his messenger. Only when Hashem assured Moshe Rabbeinu, Behold, Aaron is going to meet you, and when he sees you, he will rejoice in his heart. That's when Moshe agreed. This trait of Moshe Rabbeinu also emerged when he fled from Egypt, from Mitzrayim initially, to Midian, when he was running away from Pari, a fugitive on the run from the Egyptian gallows, Moshe had every reason not to get involved in the confrontation between the shepherds and Yisrael's daughters upon arriving in Midian. However, Moshe Rabbeinu could not simply stand idly by and watch Yisrael's daughters be persecuted by the shepherds. His sincere concern for the welfare of his fellow human beings would not permit it. Moshe possessed the trait of Noise Ba'el, which literally means, excuse me, which literally means sharing someone's burden. Significantly, by changing the order of a few letters on those words Noise Ba'el, these two words become, they spell, Soine Ovel, or one who hates injustice. When Moshe was still in Mitzrayim, the Pusik says it happened in those days that Moshe grew up and went out to his brethren and observed their burdens. As Rashi says, Moshe's intention was to see the Jews suffering and grieve along with them. Achachamim added, Moshe would cry and say, How I pity you. If only I would be taken instead of you. He would then put his shoulder to the work and assist every Jew in his backbreaking tasks. In addition to alleviating the Jews' physical labor, Moshe worked alongside them in order to emphasize, emphasize, empathize with their pain. He knew that as long as he did not actually put his shoulder to the work, he would never feel the anguish of his brethren. In reference to Moshe's gesture, Hashem declared, You left your affairs and went to observe the burden of Yisrael. You acted like a brother towards them. The Pasuk tells us, that Moshe saw an Egyptian man striking a Hebrew man of his brethren. He turned this way and that, Moshe, and saw that there was no man, as the Pesach says, but Yakianish, <clears throat> excuse me, so he struck down the Egyptian and hit him in the sand. This is the deeper intention of the Pesach, Zakt Mashkiach. Hashem saw that Moshe turned aside to see, and God called out to him from amid the bush and said, Moshe, Moshe, Moshe merited the vision of the burning bush because he turned aside to see his brethren suffering. Empathizing with the suffering of others is actually a divine attribute. As the Pasuk says, Hashem said, I have indeed seen the affliction of my people that is in Egypt, in Mitzrayim, and I have heard the outcry because of its taskmasters, for I have known of its suffering. According to the Medrash, this is the reason why the divine presence, the Shekhinah appeared to Moshe from the midst of the burning bush. 
Hashem in essence said to Moshe, do you not perceive that I am overcome with anguish to the same degree as Israel? Then discern it from the place where I am speaking to you, from the midst of a thorny bush. See I, that I share their pain. Similarly, in explanation of the verse of the Pasuk, they saw the God of Israel, and under his feet was the likeliness of sapphire brickwork, and it was like the essence of the heaven impurity. Rashi says, Hashem kept the sapphire brick as a constant reminder of Kali Yisrael's servitude in Egypt with brick and mortar. When the Jews were freed, Hashem's joy was as radiant as the very essence of heaven. The sages also say, in reference to the Pasuk, to the verse, Yet when they were ill, I wore sackcloth. Pasuk can tell him, Pasuk If a Torah scholar falls ill, one must become sick with worry for him. For King David said, David Amalek said that when Doeg and Achitaifel fell ill, he was so concerned for their well-being that he himself became ill. David Amalek became ill. Why did David Amalek become sick? Because he was so concerned for Doeg and Achitaifel that he felt as though he himself had contracted their own that disease. How great is our obligation to feel the pain of a fellow Jew? A certain well-known tzaddik, Zatamashkiach, used to say that he learned the true meaning of feeling another person's pain from two drunkards. One of the men, intoxicated beyond control, began calling out to his companion, I love you, I love you. The, the recipient of this show of love replied, If you really love me, then tell me what I lack. And if you don't know what I lack, then you don't really love me. At any rate, Dr. Mashkiach, we see that Hashem chose Moshe to lead Klai Yisrael out of Mitzrayim only in the merit of his ability to feel the pain of his fellow Yidin, of his fellow Jews. Although, as the Ramban points out, Moshe already possessed great wisdom when he was in Midian, he was chosen to be Klai Yisrael's redeemer only because he turned aside to see the anguish of his fellow Jews. The trade of caring for the welfare of one's fellow Jews was exemplified by Yoyna Hanavi, the prophet Jonah. As the Radak explains, Yoyna fled to Tarshish because he feared that Hashem would appear to him once again and this time explicitly command him to go to Nineveh and rebuke the city's inhabitants. Yoyna did not want to fulfill this commandment, for he suspected that the Ninevites would indeed heed and listen to his warning and do tshuva and repent. That, would, this, if they would listen, would reflect negatively upon Klai Yisrael. Here, a Gentile city rep- repents after hearing the rebuke of a single prophet. Yet the Jewish people persist in their evil ways, despite having heard the scathing reproof of countless prophets and sages. That was Yonis Cheshbon. Thus, for the sake of his fellow Yidim, for the fellow Jews, Yonah relinquished the spiritual ecstasy of prophecy and risked incurring God's wrath. He fled to Tashis because he thought that the prophecy could only occur within the territorial boundaries of Eretz Israel. How great was Yonah's concern for the welfare of his fellow Yidim. The manifestation of this midah, of this trade, has actual halachic ramifications. For example, the Chachamim said that if someone's tree should shed its leaves out of season, the person whose tree shed its leaves should paint the tree with sikra, with a red dye. Why? This will attract the attention of passerbyers 
who noticing the tree will surely stop and beseech Hashem to have mercy upon it. The Saba Mikhaum would often cite this ruling to illustrate the immense obligation incumbent upon us to show concern for our fellow Jews. The Chachamim assumed that any Jew who would see the afflicted tree would naturally stop and pray to Hashem to have Rachmanus have mercy upon the tree's owner. If we are bound to show this much concern for our fellow's physical possessions, how much more are we obligated to take an interest in the spiritual and the Ruchnius well-being? This obligation prompted Avram Avinu to risk his life by dis- disseminating faith in HaKadosh Baruch Hu, in one God, in a rapidly pagan society, and by making attempts to convert sworn idol worshippers to monotheism. Avram Avinu was driven by the obligation of of feeling responsible for others. Just as we have an obligation to return someone's possession, even if he is totally unaware that he has lost it, so must we try to rectify a person's spiritual makeup, even if he is unaware that he has gone astray. In fact, the responsibility to show concern for another's Yid's spiritual condition exceeds that of caring for his physical condition. For his spiritual shortcomings, will cause him irreparable damage in this world as well as in the next world, in the world to come. And as the Chacham said, he who does not show compassion for people, it is certain that he's not from the seed of our father Avram Avinu. The Pasuk says, Moshe went out the next day and behold, two Hebrew men were fighting. He said to the wicked one, why would you strike your fellow? So the wicked fellow said back to Moshe, who appointed you as a dignitary, a ruler and a judge over us? Do you propose to murder me as you murdered the Egyptian? Moshe was frightened and he thought indeed, the matter is known. Right? In explanation, Rashi quotes the Medrash. It now became known to Moshe why the Jews deserved to suffer so in Mitzrayim. Why? Because they quarreled and slandered each other. In light of the fact that the Yidden in Egypt and Mitzrayim had descended to the 49th level of spiritual impurity, it is difficult to understand why Moshe concluded that the root of their troubles was their internal strife. As the Ramban writes, it is well known that while in Egypt the Jews were extremely wicked and sinful, Surely transgressions, such as idol worship, by far outweighed the negative aspects of social discord. Why then did Moshe attribute Klai Yisrael's troubles to internal strife? Their answer is that the obligation to show concern for the welfare of others is even greater in times of widespread adversity. At such times, the common anguish experienced by all should evince a stronger sense of solidarity than usual. Thus, when Moshe saw the two Jews fighting with each other, despite the Jewish people's wretched condition, he suddenly realized, Moshe, that they were not worthy to be redeemed. For if they could not show concern for each other under these horrific conditions, they certainly would not be able to do so when freed from their bondage. If you take this lesson to heart, Zaktamashkiach, you will reap great reward for the Chachamah said, whoever is mispal, whoever prays on behalf of his fellow, 
you should be answered first. If you seek to realize your aspirations, first become more sensitive to the needs of others, and surely Hashem will reward you by answering your tefillahs, your prayers first. Okay, we've concluded now. Another beautiful maima of Rechel Berma, Mesechet Tzadik, Kodesh Levarchon, Mashgir by Moshe. All right, let us have a wonderful Shabbos. Internalize. Obviously, these these psukim, these these parshias, are so important. Like the Chinuch explains regarding the mitzvahs of Pesach, that they come up over and over throughout the Torah. The Chinuch says because it's such a side of our amuna. So when we go through these pesukim now during the weeks that we actually have a chance to learn them a little bit more lengthy at time, then all of it at once Pesach time. Let us try to internalize as much as we can. Okay, have a great Shabbos. Called the Sabbath Mikhaum would often cite this ruling to illustrate the immense obligation incumbent upon us to show concern for our fellow Jews. The Chachamim assumed that any Jew who would see the afflicted tree would naturally stop and pray to Hashem to have Rachmanus, have mercy upon the tree's owner. If we are bound to show this much concern for our fellow's physical possessions, how much more are we obligated to take an interest in the spiritual and the Ruchnius well-being? This obligation prompted Avram Avinu to risk his life by dis- disseminating faith in HaKadosh Baruch Hu, in one God, in a rapidly pagan society, and by making attempts to convert sworn idol worshippers to monotheism. Avram Avinu was driven by the obligation of Naisei Ba'elim Chaveri, of feeling responsible for others. Just as we have an obligation to return someone's possession, even if he is totally unaware that he has lost it, Yeshlaimidas, so must we try to rectify a person's spiritual makeup, even if he is unaware that he has gone astray. In fact, the responsibility to show concern for another's Yid's spiritual condition exceeds that of caring for his physical condition. For his spiritual shortcomings, Zuktamashkiach will cause him irreparable damage in this world as well as in the next world, in the world to come. And as the Chacham said, he who does not show compassion for people, it is certain that he's not from the seed of our father Avram Avinu. The Pasik says, Moshe went out the next day, and behold, two Hebrew men were fighting. He said to the wicked one, Why would you strike your fellow? So the wicked fellow said back to Moshe, Who appointed you as a dignitary, a ruler, and a judge over us? Do you propose to murder me as you murdered the Egyptian? Moshe was frightened, and he thought, indeed, The matter is known. Right? In explanation, Rashi quotes the Medrash. It now became known to Moshe why the Jews deserved to suffer so in Mitzrayim. Why? Because they quarreled and slandered each other. In light of the fact that the Yidden in Egypt and Mitzrayim had descended to the 49th level of spiritual impurity, it is difficult to understand why Moshe concluded that the root of their troubles was their internal strife. As the Ramban writes, it is well known that while in Egypt the Jews were extremely wicked and sinful, Surely transgressions, such as idol worship, by far outweighed the negative aspects of social discord. Why then did Moses attribute Klai Yisrael's troubles to internal strife? 
Their answer is that the obligation to show concern for the welfare of others is even greater in times of widespread adversity. At such times, the common anguish experienced by all should evince a stronger sense of solidarity than usual. Thus, when Moshe saw the two Jews fighting with each other, despite the Jewish people's wretched condition, he suddenly realized, Moshe, that they were not worthy to be redeemed. For if they could not show concern for each other under these horrific conditions, they certainly would not be able to do so when freed from their bondage. If you take this lesson to heart, you will reap great reward. For the Chachamah said, whoever is mispal, Whoever prays on behalf of his fellow, he should be answered first. If you seek to realize your aspirations, first become more sensitive to the needs of others, and surely Hashem will reward you by answering your tefillahs, your prayers first. Okay, we've concluded now. Another beautiful maima of Mechel Berma. All right, let us have a wonderful Shabbos internalize. Obviously, these these psukim, these these parashiyah is so important. Like the Chinuch explains regarding the mitzvahs of Pesach, that they come up over and over throughout the Torah. The Chinuch says because it's such a side of our amuna. So when we go through these psukim now, during the weeks that we actually have a chance to learn them a little bit more lengthy at time, than all of it at once Pesach time. Let us try to internalize as much as we can. Okay, have a great Shabbos. Called the Sabbath Mikhelm would often cite this ruling to illustrate the immense obligation incumbent upon us to show concern for our fellow Jews. The Chachamim assumed that any Jew who would see the afflicted tree would naturally stop and pray to Hashem to have Rachmanus have mercy upon the tree's owner. If we are bound to show this much concern for our fellows' physical possessions, how much more are we obligated to take an interest in the spiritual and the ruchnius well-being? This obligation prompted Avram Avinu to risk his life by dis- disseminating faith in HaKadosh Baruch Hu, in one God, in a rapidly pagan society, and by making attempts to convert sworn idol worshippers to monotheism. Avram Avinu was driven by the obligation of of feeling responsible for others. Just as we have an obligation to return someone's possession, even if he is totally unaware that he has lost it, so must we try to rectify a person's spiritual makeup, even if he is unaware that he has gone astray. In fact, the responsibility to show concern for another's Yid's spiritual condition exceeds that of caring for his physical condition. For his spiritual shortcomings, Zuktamashkiach will cause him irreparable damage in this world as well as in the next world, in the world to come. And as the Chacham said, he who does not show compassion for people, it is certain that he's not from the seed of our father Avram Avinu. The Pasuk says, Moshe went out the next day, and behold, two Hebrew men were fighting. He said to the wicked one, Why would you strike your fellow? So the wicked fellow said back to Moshe, Who appointed you as a dignitary, a ruler, and a judge over us? Do you propose to murder me as you murdered the Egyptian? 
Moshe was frightened, and he thought, indeed, the matter is known. Right? In explanation, Rashi quotes the Medrash. It now became known to Moshe why the Jews deserved to suffer so in Mitzrayim. Why? Because they quarreled and slandered each other. In light of the fact that the Yidden in Egypt and Mitzrayim had descended to the 49th level of spiritual impurity, it is difficult to understand why Moshe concluded that the root of their troubles was their internal strife. As the Ramban writes, it is well known that while in Egypt the Jews were extremely wicked and sinful, surely transgressions such as idol worship by far outweighed the negative aspects of social discord. Why then did Moshe attribute Klai Yisrael's troubles to internal strife? Their answer is that the obligation to show concern for the welfare of others is even greater in times of widespread adversity. At such times, the common anguish experienced by all should evince a stronger sense of solidarity than usual. Thus, when Moshe saw the two Jews fighting with each other, despite the Jewish people's wretched condition, he suddenly realized, Moshe, that they were not worthy to be redeemed. For if they could not show concern for each other under these horrific conditions, they certainly would not be able to do so when freed from their bondage. If you take this lesson to heart, you will reap great reward. For the Chachamah said, whoever is mispal, Whoever prays on behalf of his fellow, he should be answered first. If you seek to realize your aspirations, first become more sensitive to the needs of others, and surely Hashem will reward you by answering your tefillahs, your prayers first. Okay, we've concluded now. Another beautiful maima of Rechel Berman, Alright, let us have a wonderful Shabbos internalize. Obviously, these these psukim, these these parshias, is so important. Like the Chinuch explains regarding the mitzvahs of Pesach that they come up over and over throughout the Torah. The Chinuch says because it's such a side of our amuna. So when we go through these psukim now during the weeks that we actually have a chance to learn them a little bit more lengthy at time, then all of it at once Pesach time. Let us try to internalize as much as we can. Okay, have a great Shabbos. Call to...